Well, there's been a late scratching there. It's Brendan Delaney's off, and Stephen Arnold is in. As I first of all welcome Dean Lester to the program. Good morning to you, Dino. Yeah, good morning, Warren. Racing at headquarters yesterday looked to be a, a terrific day to be there. Good to see some participants and, and spectators in particular starting to, to make their way back on course. Hopefully a sign of things to come. How did you see the day? Well, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see them pretty well uh, on the tip, but uh, I thought it was a good day of racing. And uh, you know, the uh, track, as we come to expect from Flemington, played beautifully. And uh, it, it was a it was a good day, but uh, yeah, a little bit tough to find a winner from my end. Yeah, well, we can all. Uh, I think that was pretty much across the board yesterday for a number of us. Steve Arnold, not worrying about trying to find a winner, just taking in the racing. Great to have you as part of the team this morning, Steve. How did you see the racing at Flemington yesterday? Yeah, thanks, Warren. Great to be on. Yeah, it was a good, uh, really good meeting, I suppose. Um, you know, we're, we're slightly off, off, off season now, but um, still a really good meeting. And I thought the track track played pretty well. You know, they got their chance. It was more speed-related, a lot of the races. So, yeah, good solid day racing. Later on in the program, in the, the back part of this hour, we'll touch on a couple of the stakes races from... Queensland. We'll also look at the Group 2 in Perth. And, and Dino, I might get your take on, on Pulele, who uh, we saw win down here on debut and then went to, to Sydney. So another victory for Pulele, starting to, to get a bit of a picture of the two-year-old ranks. Interested to see how you, you think that might uh, that might all be starting to, to come together and looking ahead to the Magic Millions also. We'll get a take on that later in the program. Let's kick off top of the card at Flemington. Big day for Maddie Raymond, her first Flemington winner with Wentwood. Duke on up to Diplomat Jack at the point of the corner. 400 to go from Brilliant Venture. Princess Jenny runs on. Bartholomew Diaz whacks away. Wentwood from the back of the field is coming on too. At the 250, it's Duke on Princess Jenny. Then came Wentwood three quarters of a length away. Princess Jenny at the 150, led by a half length to Wentwood, who's trying to chisel into the margin. Princess Jenny and Nick. Wentwood still coming. Princess Jenny and Wentwood. It's going to be close. Wentwood reels it in and Wentwood beat Princess Jenny. Duke on third for well, she's been at Flemington associated with a winner before, Dino, with uh, with the strapping duties on Prince of Penzance. But great for, for Maddie Raymond to be there saddling up a, a winner in her own right yesterday. Yeah, it was, Warren, and uh, and a really good training effort in that, uh, you know, the horse had... Uh, Probably been a real challenge. He'd over-raced and done it a bit wrong at, at the start of his uh, Australian career. And uh, even you know after he won the Sonana Cup, he, you wouldn't have known that uh, this was probably coming. But uh, he won the Werribee Cup well. And uh, after the run at Ballarat at 2,600 and then back up to 2,600 yesterday, was a bit of a, I think, probably a, a bit of a gamble. But uh, the horse was really uh, you know, putting it together. And uh, uh, yeah, very good training and uh, another winner for Damien Lane, who just had an unbelievable streak of winners over the last 10 days. Yeah, Steve Arnold, he has had a great run, Damien Lane. And Matty Raymond referencing post-race that he's a horse that can be a little bit keen, so 2,600 metres. When, if you're riding at Flemington over that trip and a horse that can get a little bit keen, how do you set the race up early? Yeah, it was very, you know, Damien Lane's a, a class jockey and, it was very evident, I thought, you know, from the stalls that the horse, you know, you wouldn't even have to know its form to know that the horse over races the way he rode it. He didn't breathe on out the stalls and was very, very conservative through the first sort of fifty hundred metres of the race to make sure he, he got the horse to switch off in the in the early part. Um, it was it was just it was a fantastic ride. I think he really nailed it. The, the the few there was a few sort of the, the where the speed usually comes off there across the eighteen hundred at the or the two thousand meter mark the speed usually comes off in them long races but Damien Lane would have sort of looked up and been pretty happy that there was a couple of court three 
three deep and they're always going to roll on as the speed comes off and just keep that sustained speed. You know, it's like a, the sort of the relay effect of the one going around and taking up the speed. So he would have been wrapped with that. So it just worked out a nice even speed for him. And he sort of stayed in around the corner, cut the corner, got off Princess Jenny's back and just, yeah, fantastic ride, I thought. And Princess Jenny ran great with a big weight, but uh, just nailed by a better ride on the day. What did you make of some of the other runs, Dean? Um, Warren, I thought Princess Jenny was terrific. Uh, probably a great example of, of weight just at the end of the, the back end of the 2,600 metres. I thought she had a beautiful run into the race and um, she she did look the winner and, and just couldn't quite hold on that last little bit. But uh, she's in uh, very good form still and um, her run was good. Yukon, first go with the blinkers on, time between runs, was left in front very early. I thought he battled on okay. And Bartholomew Diaz, when the race was there to be won, he was uh, he, he just didn't give uh, Johnny Allen anything, but he grounded out. And St Eustace was a genuine hard luck story. He got, uh, <coughs> excuse me, he got held up. And then when he got to the outside, he really hit the line well. Nothing in the stewards report to identify anything specific with Bartholomew Diaz. He did lose a couple of plates, but from a veteran examination, nothing significant. If we're looking ahead to New Year's Day, Dean, and, and the bagot, how do you think this form might stand up? Oh, I think this is the right form. Um, you've got the progressive horses from last week, um, and they uh, they tie in through St Eustace. So uh, you know your likes of um, Miyaki and uh, Charlie Rose, and then you've got this week's group that are a little bit more established. So I think uh, the tie-in is St Eustace, and and he was beaten about the same margin in both, but unlucky yesterday. So yeah, I think the the uh, horses from last week are right in the race. But uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a good race. It's it's coming together well. Damien Lane riding on the quest of a wave, continuing that form at Flemington yesterday, taking out the fourth, first aboard Wentwood for Matty Raymond. Great day for Matty Raymond. It was also a terrific day for Carolyn Jennings, training her first Flemington winner with Written Miss at 1,200 metres down the straight. 450 metres to run. So the leader is written Miss by a half length and Benbow yet to pull the trigger followed by Mr Moppet second Pioneer River. Then came San Marino Hickok and Zeon to the outside with plenty of air but the leader is written Miss held together still at the 150 hands and heels. Now Benbow goes for the whip followed by Pioneer River Mr Moppet written Miss in front. Zeon's going to be the late closer. Written Miss in front from Pioneer River and Zeon and written Miss has just won it. Just won it from Pioneer River and Zeon. Plenty to talk about here and plenty of discussion post-race about the, the path mapped out by Johnny Allen aboard Zeon. Let's start with the winner, Ridden Miss, Steve. When you're riding a horse that might be a little bit suspect at the, the end of the 1,200 metres, what's your, your mindset through the race? Yeah, Warren, it can, it can actually work out quite good down the, quite good down the straight because they sort of, obviously they, they come down the middle a little bit and there's no... You know, there's no pressure, as we've spoken about before. There's no pressure to get to the inside and, and, and you can just lob out and, and let them relax and they can get a little bit lost up the straight, which actually can work to your advantage. You know, a horse is a little bit lost and, and more relaxed than going around the corner sometimes. But then they've got to be able to pick up when you ask them, uh, it, which is what uh, Written Miss did, you know. Great great to see Jason Benbow back in the in the winner's stall at Flemington. You know, he's had injuries and, and had done a great job to get back. But she relaxed relaxed quite well through the first half and was able to give that kick. She hasn't got a beautiful clean action. She's a little bit square in front, but she um, she moves them pretty quick, which is um, which is the key. And um, obviously, uh, Zion sort of made that move to the outside and then got a little bit lost and finished strong. What was your take, Dean? Yeah, well, I mean, there was plenty to take in about the race. Um, 
Well, there are a few elements to it. Written Miss, uh, as Steve mentioned, got the front, and she actually, you know, she conserved her energy pretty well, and they went very, very steady uh, just on 37 seconds, the first 600, and then home 33.77, so they really uh, ramped it up. I was surprised at Pioneer River, who's more of a 1,400-metre horse, didn't actually take it to Written Miss a little bit earlier. Um, in, in, and then when the sprint went on, he was left a little bit, but then got going. And whilst that was all going on, Zion, as I've been schooled yesterday on Twitter, that's uh, pronounced, uh, he uh, he was you know, going across heels and you know, certainly uh, took up a lot of the stewards' report, Warren. And, and look, I think uh, had he persisted for the run, Zion would have won the race um, and, and won it uh, quite well. I think he's a nice horse. But uh, Written Miss is doing a good job. Uh, the other three... And Mr. Moffat, just fair. Sam Marino looked a bit lost, and Hickok just didn't get cover early, and only had that one soft trial, and it really showed yesterday that he was too fresh, and uh, he needed to you know, really switch off. So uh, even though he's run last, uh, Hickok, I, I'm very forgiving of his run. Stewards report regarding Zion Dean. Stewards questioned John Allen regarding his riding near the 500, where he elected to shift out four horses to obtain clear running to the outside of Hickok. John Allen explained he felt that if he remained behind Written Miss and Pioneer River, he would have been held up for clear running as the race progressed. And he also didn't think that, that initially that it really lost any significant ground in, in terms of then conceding and getting outs and balancing up. But after speaking to Dave Eustace and, and, uh, and the stewards reconvened with John Allen and he effectively uh, agreed that, uh, the, that if he remained behind Written Miss, the race progressed, he would have tamed clear running between the filly and, and Mr Moppet passing the 250. Steve, you've been in this position when you're, you're riding down the straight and you're, you're wondering, or in any race, you know, when the gap's going to come. Looking at what happened yesterday, how, how did you see the, the performance of Zion and, and the, the choices that Johnny Allen was facing? Yeah, obviously his run was super a bit of an inexperienced horse, and he was probably sucking along behind the the favourite, which is a good spot to be in. Um, you know, I'd say if Johnny watched the replay, he'd probably, you know, concede that if he stays behind it, he probably wins, you know, but it's that split-second decision that Johnny took to get clear air, and I think it was more so that when he came out, um, Zion, obviously, as I said, a bit inexperienced, just got a little bit lost and sort of lost sight of the lure for a couple of strides and then picked up and sprinted quickly, probably just peaked on the line, but... Um, as I say, you know, I'd say Johnny watching the replay would say, yeah, probably should have just followed the favourite. You know, he would have burst through there somewhere and probably would have won the race. Written Miss has got her career off to a terrific start and and the, the Kennedy Racing Team and Caroline Jennings having a great run of it at, at the moment. Caroline just saying earlier this morning, maybe just keep her on the fresh side, not necessarily thinking she's a 1,200-metre specialist. The 1,100 might be her preferred trip. But how did you assess the, the merit of her win yesterday? Uh, look, I thought she she's just been very very well placed. I thought the win at uh, Pakenham, you know, she ran inferior time to the older horses later, and and yesterday she just got a, a very you know good race structure. It'll be interesting when there's a little bit more pressure uh, whether she yeah I think she probably would be better at a thousand eleven hundred. And uh, as Steve said, she's a, quite a you know square action fast you know repetitive action horse and off of. Sometimes that can only be extended to a thousand eleven hundred. She's got away with it yesterday at further, but uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be interested to see the path that uh, her career takes from here. She's got her off to a flying start. Uh, she won her first three. It'll be a lot harder to win her next three. Best thing you can do as a rider, if you're thinking you, you've maybe made an error in one race, which is inevitable and it's going to happen, is bounce back as soon as you can. Johnny Allen was aboard Zoo Dancer in race three. 
4.50 out, it's Dance to Dubai from Zoo Dancer, who tanks up on the outside to join the leader, and then came Lucky Sham, sensationalisation, just needs a bit of room behind those horses as Zoo Dancer lets down at the 250 and ping for home. Zoo Dancer, two and a half lengths in front of sensationalisation, Thunder Peak and Dance to Dubai, who whacks away, but Zoo Dancer is going well, led by a length and three quarters, and Zoo Dancer won it well. Sensationalisation second, third ballot tiara from Thunder Peak. How did you see this race, eh? Uh, well, if he, as you said, uh, if he made a blue on Zion in the previous race, Johnny Allen won this race in the first 100 metres on Zoo Dancer because he took up the initiative to get up outside Dance to Dubai, which put uh, Lucky Sham out three wide straight away, and uh, and then he was in a really controlling spot, and uh, I thought it was all on us from from that point on. Um, you know, the filly only had to respond for him, and he was going to be hard. Uh, they were going to be hard to beat because uh, John had done the hard work in the first hundred meters to put it right in that spot, and he really drove her into it, and uh, and she responded well. Damien Oliver aboard Sensationalisation just said the the filly finished the race off well. However, he was the opinion with the high weight impost couple with a relatively quick backup resulted in her failing to respond as early as possible. Dean, what did you what did you make of Sensationalisation's run following that impressive maiden victory? Yeah, I didn't get to see a pre-race at Geelong, so I kind of can't compare. But she was, seemed very agitated pre-race yesterday uh, behind the gates and. Yeah, she was up and about, that's for sure. And uh, she raced pretty well. Uh, and as uh, Damien mentioned, uh, you know, it was a high weight scale, but she actually physically went up five kilos for winning a maiden. So she ran well. Um, I thought Bella Tiara from the back was good. And the one I thought in running was just going to blend into the race and really finish off was Thunder Peak. And she just probably peaked on her run uh, late. Uh, she was you know, just fair and th- uh, Mystique Falcon was a pass first up. But, uh, yeah, the winner was able to um, make her own luck and control the speed and then and dominate late. How did you see this race, Steve? Yeah, pretty much as Dino mentioned through that first 50 metres was the key point when um, Johnny Allen, you know, who is a class jockey, just um, summed the race up and just slid through and got in that controlling spot. And quite lucky there wasn't a, you know, a, bank up of horses wanting to go on you know he got that controlling spot and then and then rested through the next the next half of the race and obviously after that she had, she had a big kick and just um left the second horse with that big weight just standing a little bit at the um 400 meter mark so uh yeah excellent effort and just you know that's what you want in them 1400 meter races you can get in that controlling spot and and kick on the corner um good fit horse pretty hard to beat Waverley via the SMS shares that view, Steve. Uh, morning, guys. Zoo Dancer impressed with a good turn of foot at the 300, putting the race to bed. Happy Christmas. I think Ray must have been uh, aboard Zoo Dancer, Dino, and uh, and well-identified. She was no doubt you know, uh, unlucky after experiencing a, a tough run at, at Mooney Valley the start before, Dean. Yeah, that, uh, that she was, Warren. Uh, she, uh, she didn't have the best of runs. And I think getting on the bigger track and getting into a, a rhythm really helped where she never really got that opportunity at the Valley last time out. That was race three on the card. Zoo Dancer taking out that race with Johnny Allen aboard. And, uh, and a filly who might be heading somewhere, Sensationalisation, Bella Tiara, bit of a bunch finish behind, closing off well over the 1,400 metres. Just spoke to Peter Gallagotis about the performance of Long Arm. He was even happy to give himself a pat on the back for a terrific training effort getting the horse to win first up.
Into the straight, 450 metres to run. It's Vungus for Melissa Julius looking for three on the bounce. Skador the outside and Lane hasn't moved yet. Two lengths, Heavenly Emperor, who's battling away. Long arm and think and fly from the back. Skador up to Vungus at the 250. Skador in front by a length, but is it vulnerable? Think and fly and long arm run on. Skador in front, a half think and fly. Long arm's lifting the middle. Long arm, the centre, takes the lead inside the 50. Long arm is coming away and long arm it from Think and Fly, Skador and Aussie Nugget. Well, Steve, you, you had a bit to do with the Galagotis team during during your riding career. They wear their hearts on their sleeve. They were pretty happy with that that effort to get long arm over the line yesterday. What did you make of that victory? Yeah, they're great for racing, really, as you say, passionate guys and, and love getting a winner. So, um, yeah, good to see them doing well. Um, just probably the key part through the through the first furlong of the race, uh, Bunga's a little bit sl- slow out, then sort of driven through and there was a bit of a row of horses going forward, so that just created that pre- uh, real strong pressure. So it was it was quite intent on on pressing forward, and yeah, just created a real real strong um, real strong gallop through that first half of the race. I don't know the section was Dean, I have them, but they they looked like they went pretty quick to me. But one two were sort of sitting at the back, just minding their their own business, and the top of the straight, um, the leaders were getting tired, and those two had a full t- um, full. Um, Tank of fuel and paired off, and and um, the 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 winner was really strong late. I think the you know the pressure obviously, obviously was strong because they're more, more the, the winners more of a staying type of horse and was able to use that stamina through the last furlong of the race. I thought Skador was a great effort to sit up on that hot pressure and absorb that pressure and, and still be sort of punching at the hundred metre mark. Dino, you've got a good handle on the internationals and when they arrive. How did you assess Long Arm's credentials arriving here in Australia with what he'd done in a, in a few runs overseas? Yeah, the obvious uh, thing that jumped out in the form line was that uh, run with uh, the uh, Pondus in the form line. Uh, he ran fourth or five, but he was only two lengths from the winner. But uh, his career had been yeah, 1,900, 2,400, 2,500 uh, in the three runs. So... Uh, first up at the mile, uh, he'd had two jump outs that we'd seen. Uh, the most recent one at sale was over a bit of distance. I think it was 1,400 or 1,350. And uh, look, he, he rolled away from his rivals there. But uh, that was a good win yesterday. Uh, you know, he absorbed the pressure well. And uh, as uh, Steve said, presented at the right time. And uh, uh, yeah, the, it was it was a race that there was a chance there was going to be good pressure, even though it was a small field. And you know, we mentioned yesterday morning... Uh, on the panel that uh, Vungus probably wasn't going to get his own way in front with the likes of Black Sail, Skador, and then you add Heavenly Emperor into the mix who can do that, and yes, they did, and all of a sudden we had a you know, pretty high-pressure contest and uh, ultimately became a stayers race, and I think that's where Long Arms' uh, you know, prowess over a bit further probably came to the fore and, and beat Think and Fly, who just put a lie to that run at Ballarat. We all saw that he, he slipped on the home turn there, and... Uh, he, he was back to form yesterday, and Skador I thought was very good considering the speed. Uh, he toughed it out well. Aussie Nugget ran well. Uh, he had to go back to the inside and stopped and started a couple of times, but ran okay. But uh, yeah, it was a good good Australian debut by Long Arm, and I probably didn't see that coming. But maybe the race structure really assisted him uh, as a stayer. Race structure, and you, you referenced the pressure up front. Stewards have, have opened an adjourned inquiry into the ride on on Heavenly Emperor, contributing to to that pressure is that something that you as you said heavenly emperor dean can do that how did you assess the way that that heavenly emperor performed and, and the fact that the stewards have opened that inquiry 
Yeah, he didn't run badly. And we saw, uh, I think it was at Caulfield earlier in the year, Mitch Aiken really forced the issue on him on a day where it was suiting the leaders. And it was probably advantageous that he pushed the the boundaries that day and, and went forward. Maybe it was uh, not so much uh, an advantage yesterday. And, gee, I still think this horse is a better horse ridden with a, a sit. I remember that day one as a, a three. I think it might have been Bo Mertens rode him and he powered home to win at Flemington. Uh, so it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting what comes of the inquiry because, uh, yeah, we have seen him try these tactics before. But, uh, yeah, it, it didn't work yesterday. Hariba is a, a regular contributor via SMS and just goes to show that, that everybody has their their own opinion and racing is uh, about having varying opinions. I'm surprised you're all criticising John Allen's ride on Zion. Say he waits for the gap and it never comes, he would have lambasted for not peeling to the outside. He did the right thing. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. And Steve, as you said, you've got to make a split-second decision and if he was locked up going down the straight without getting a run, um, you know, with all that clear air to the outside, there, there could have, has Ariba said, justifiable criticism saying, look, you've got 20 metres to your outside, why didn't you, you get out there? You had the whole straight to get there. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's just um, uh, an opinion thing at the time and, you play the percentages that you think are right. You know, I'm not, I'm not so, so much criticising Johnny. I just think, you know, he probably watched the replay and say himself, if I, if I, you know, stay behind the favourite, it, it kicks a bit. Um, I peel through, but you know, it's not a criticism. It's just a, it's just an assessment of the race, and um, you know, as you, as you say, it's a split second decision, and um, sometimes they're right, sometimes they're they're wrong. Rudy Childs, Peter Gallagotis and Longarm combining to take out race four at Flemington yesterday over 1,600 metres. Over 1,400 metres in race five. Lewis German having a good weekend following a winner at the Valley Friday night. Al Luca blazing the trail on the point of the corner. 500 to go. Extends that lead to two and a half to three lengths. King Magnus separate Wicklow Town. Then Jester Dreamer. Behind those horses, midships, who's battling on. Mr. Monaco, Ridgewood Drive. Garam Piero to the outside. Sakaro and Banger still a long way back. Al Luca at the 250. Grabbed by King Magnus. Separates right there. Then came Wicklow Town. Jester Dreamer. It's King Magnus at the 150 and separate. They've got it between them. King Magnus about a neck to separate. Separate, who's peppering away. King Magnus just in front of Separate. It's going to be tight. Head bobber, Separate. Separate nailed King Magnus, I fancy. Wicklow Town third from... A head bobber here, Dino. Separate getting down aboard King Magnus, hoping that they rode King Magnus uh, according to your instructions. Robbie Griffith saying yesterday he was going to wait to see how you thought the race might pan out. How did you see it pan out? Uh, well, it panned out exactly how you would have expected uh, because our Luca, he was uh, a 41 to... $41 chance, but he was about a 100 to 1 to run 1,400 metres, but he, he was always going to roll at a good speed, and then the horses directly behind him were King Magnus, Severate and Wicklow Town. They've ultimately run uh, 1, 2, 3, so they picked up the leader. Um, King Magnus, he looked like he was doing enough to maybe kick back, but Severate, Lewis Germans had a bit of success on him before earlier in uh, his career, and uh, he, uh, he got him to turn around and, and get Back in the winners list, uh, King Magnus, very good. He's a very consistent horse. I still think there's a little bit more to come from him. Uh, if you watch him going to the line, he still had one ear forward, one ear back. I still think he's got a little bit more in the tank to give. So uh, whilst he's very consistent, I still think he's learning his trade. And uh, Wicklow Town ran very well. I think he's a better horse on soft ground, but he's still just a good competitor and ran well. Just a dream, uh, ran well. Midships, Sakaro second up off a long spell, did enough. Garen Piero and Ridgewood Drive maybe did enough for further. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was always going to be a solidly run race without Luca there, but the ones directly behind him are the ones uh, that uh, capitalised.
Steve, I suppose it depends on the, the relative tempo of the races and, and the makeup of the field, but uh, did you have a, a, a general rule of where you'd like to be able to position yourself around that sweeping bend, 1,400 metres at Flemington? Yeah, and more so speed-related, Warren. Like, you, you obviously, you have a look at the form and you could, you could um, you know, form some sort of plan, but more so more so that uh, ride your horse to the, the tempo, not, not the map all the time. Obviously, um, yesterday in that race... Now, Luca was always going to roll along at a good clip, and um, I thought he went a nice even clip without probably being brutal, but um, those horses in that second row were able to ride their horse almost as leaders um, because the, 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 the leader was very suspect, as Dino said, to run the trip, so you sort of had him there, but as more of a lure, and they could probably ride their horses just in that controlling spot, running second, third, and fourth, and were able to kick at the you know, the top of the running and um, really battle it out. They were sort of the, the on paces, basically. And, um, yeah, good effort by the winner. I thought he rode it well, Lewis Jenner, just um, tacked along behind them and pulled the trigger at the right time. Stable of Griffiths and de Kock, Dean, they didn't get the winner with King Magnus yesterday, but they've been having a, a really good run of it at the moment. It, it seems that that, uh, that combination of Robbie Griffiths and Matt de Kock forming that partnership's really uh, really created a good piece of synergy between the two. Yeah, it's always uh, good to get uh, fresh ideas, I'd imagine, and uh, and yeah, Matt sort of certainly brings international uh, experience as well, and uh, really interesting to see on Friday that uh, Hal Vorson, uh, Robbie's good sprinter, uh, has been uh, accepted as you know, part of maybe the uh, Dubai uh, series. So uh, that would be a, another feather to the, the cap if they in, went to international with a horse like Hal Vorson over the next few months. Yeah, terrific news there, and uh, and obviously they'll be. Keen, it's a, it's a straight race there, effectively, at, at Dubai, Dino, isn't it? It's, uh, that sprint race is effectively down a straight course? Uh, yeah, I don't know if he, he's in, in the feature, but uh, I think he's accepted for those, you know, 105 to 115 Raiders or whatever they are. And, uh, yeah, there'd be a straight race for sure, and, and we know how effective he does go down the straight. King Magnus going down narrowly to separate yesterday at Flemington in race five. Race six, Jamie Carr at her best, getting Lunacorn to run out a strong 1,600 metres. Ocean's 13, 350 metres to go. Every chance led by two lengths to Lunacorn, who's chasing. Then Liberate, Lamu, Florent, re-edit. Has to be good. Ocean's 13, now being pressed by Lunacorn. Lunacorn at the 150, takes Ocean's 13, then re-edit, Liberate. But Lunacorn is coming clear in the shadows. And Lunacorn, driven out, will win it. Re-edit second. And third in the race, Liberate. Photo. Well, she's leading the Victorian Metropolitan Jockeys Premiership, Steve, Jamie Carr, and, uh, and uh, you know, a horse that they'd struggled to, to get to settle at times, maybe just needed a bit of racing, but uh, good performance yesterday. How did you see this race? Yeah, obviously, you know, a horse that can over-race. Um, good move to put Jamie Carr on. I think she's um, she's excellent at getting a horse to relax. She seems to set the races up through the... Sets them up beautifully through the first sort of furlong of the race. She comes out on most horses flowing without a sort of a negative mindset, which just seems to get them to relax. And, you know, as a as a former jockey, that's not actually easy to do. It looks easy the way she does it, but it's not easy. She got into a beautiful spot on, on Lunacorn and, and sort of uh, waited waited till she um, really had to push the trigger and then she, um, you know, was strong on the line. So um, all, all honours to uh, Jamie Carr. I thought it was a great ride. Thoughts here, Dean? Yes, Warren, uh, the, the key was that uh, she could take up a spot and relax. Uh, and as Steve said, it was made look very easy, but it's obviously not an easy task with Lunacorn, but Jamie Carr continually does it and she backs herself and uh, 
The mayor was uh, in the absolute right spot. She looked magnificent yesterday, Luna Corn, and, and ran accordingly. I thought re-edit, that was probably as good as she could run, you know, given the cards that she was dealt. She was four back the fence and always going to have to play for luck, weave through. Librate was a much better run second up. I thought, you know, maybe uh, her first up run was a suggestion that she hadn't come up, but she turned that around. Ocean's 13, a bit like a couple yesterday. It just It's a little bit harder to lead and win at Flemington than uh, the Valley, like she did uh, at her previous run. And I liked walking flying. I still think there's uh, a day for her very soon. She would, you know, if she draws a gate, probably gets Jamie Mott back aboard. And Matt Cartwright did nothing wrong yesterday, but Jamie Mott's the one that's got the good record on her and uh, and she stays at 16, 1700. I think uh, walking flying still a chance of winning a race pretty soon. Probably the one that uh, the, the market liked a little bit yesterday, I think because of the draw, was Lemu and she was a little bit plain second up. Re-edit's been kept on the fresh side of the Wallace Stable and staying around this distance range, Dean. Did we did we see perhaps a, a sign yesterday that uh, that maybe she's looking for that little bit further than 1,600? Well, you know she can do it, Warren, but uh, the, the, the thing is that... Uh, she drew, you know, she got out and got mobile at Mooney Valley, so that was a bit different. And yesterday, she sort of had to play the the race as it as it lay, sort of thing. So, I would uh, I would think that this is a really good uh, formula that they've developed with her and keeping to the three weeks, sixteen, seventeen hundred. I'd be uh, persisting with it the way she's racing because she's just not missing. She's running really strongly. Terrific opportunities for apprentices at this time of year and. Canberra Willa took the, the opportunity to jump aboard Defiant Dancer with Will Price riding excess funds in race seven yesterday. Messerschmitt can't be done down the centre. Further back is Biometric Musselbrook. Holbein over towards the far side trying to pick up and Ruben blurs the widest. Price reigns at the 300 metres. Defiant Dancer chases from excess funds riding the wave. Then Musselbrook out wider. Can't be done. Not picking up with Ruben Blur. Defiant Dancer picks up. Goes for home. Darts two lengths in front of riding the wave. Musselbrook Holbein laid over on the far side but Defiant Dancer has put a hole in them and races away to win it three lengths riding the wave photo third well arguably the most impressive performance of the the day at Flemington dashing away late Dino to Defiant Dancer and certainly improving on his second up record uh, he was brilliant Warren uh, the uh, the the market fluctuation suggested he was going to put in a performance like that but uh, yeah he left them absolutely uh, standing at about the 400 I thought uh, just as I was coming onto the course proper, Ethan Brown was probably in a little position there to maybe hold Defiant Dancer in. But no sooner I thought that that Defiant Dancer, Campbell Rulla, had pushed, you know, extricated himself out of a little situation, and and the horse just rolled on and rolled on brilliantly. He won by three lengths, uh, riding the waves, going well. But he was no match for him, and uh, and Holbein, as he does down the straight, he ran a good race back to 1,200 metres. Musselbrook uh, Biometric, I think the uh, Hayes Dabenig Stable will be happy with both of their performances. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was uh, all honours with the winner, and they came in. Often uh, these sort of races are bunch finishes down the straight, but uh, they came in at fair intervals here, which suggests how well Defiant Dance is going. What did you think, Steve? Yeah, it was a really strong win, wasn't it? Um, Campbell Rewilla, well done to him. I think it was his first Flemington success. So um, uh, obviously pretty well bred Campbell and um, doing a great job. Um, he sort of he looks a little bit. He looks a bit, bit more like Brad. The way he's built, he's built a little bit stronger. So hopefully his weight's all right. You know, Nash is that sort of fine build. Campbell's probably a little bit, a little bit thicker um, build. So hopefully his, his weight holds. But he's, he's doing a fantastic job. But um, 
Yeah, he was in a, in a perfect spot yesterday. Like it was a great spot, but he would have been slightly worried because they, you know, when they come up the up the straight up the middle, you can sort of struggle to find that gap. But um, he was full of running and was able, as Dino said, just uh, peeled to the outside of the leader's heels and and really put in a really good burst at the 400 metres and, and run through the line strongly. So uh, excellent win. Nothing from the stewards' report with respect to, to can't be done performing below expectations, Dean. Overall, and as you said, sometimes these races are bunch finish a big margin for Defiant Dancer. Would you aim up at a, at a race like the Standish following that win at 84 benchmark level with the claim yesterday? Yeah, I still think I would, Warren. Uh, he's he's going well, um, and uh, I think it's uh, yeah, probably uh, time to strike whilst uh, he's in that sort of form. Uh, he, he was a dominant winner. He obviously handles the straight well, and... Uh, yeah, he's got uh, you know perfect timing now. Just on not 13 days to the uh, to the standish, so uh, it, it's a, a very good option for him, I think, and uh, a winnable race. Obviously, we haven't got the noms for for that race, Steve, but the quality of that performance yesterday, and and he did have the benefit of the claim, no claims in the standish. But would you think that he could uh, potentially measure up to to a race of that quality? Yeah, you'd be you'd be thinking at this time of year, why not? You know, he's in great form, and as I say, burst through and really strong through the line, so. Fit well, horse. Obviously, you don't have to take on you know the superstars, so uh, it, it's it's the time to have a crack at it. Going to show how far and wide the trainers have to, to look in the calendar. Dean, I think Philip Stokes said winners at Flemington, Adelaide, and at Benalla yesterday. So he's working hard to find the right races for his uh, for his connections. Yes, I think uh, the team are going very well. I think Justine Hales, uh, you know, there and. Uh, Philip and uh, certainly, uh, you know, that's probably the the difference between Adelaide racing and and uh, what he's experiencing here is that uh, the the options aren't that great in Adelaide, so you just got to follow the program, you know, virtually to the letter because the, when when the options come, you take them. But uh, here, there's so many opportunities uh, with races everywhere that uh, you can uh, place these horses to advantage and and to win it. You know, to find that one at Benelli yesterday was probably uh, just as important for that horse as as Defiant Dancer going forward towards a race like the Standish. You and I were both expecting something from, from Price Range, who showed a little bit of dash early. What did you think of his performance beating just under eight lengths? Yeah, I, I think he's just doing things too keenly. Uh, I think maybe that's why he trialled on Tuesday to try and take the sting out of him for yesterday. But uh, until he really chills out, uh, he's not going to be much value. Uh, uh, you know, uh, he Last time in... He was quite busy in his races and uh, and they gelded him and they've given him the trials and he's trialed very sharp and maybe he'd have been better around a turn where there was a bit more you know pressure to get to a turn and, and then they might have had horses in front of him. But I just think until he really learns to you know pace himself better, he's, uh, he's going to battle. We've got a couple of SMSs that we'll get to shortly about the performance of Vasilator in race eight at Flemington yesterday. Let's listen to Damien Oliver bringing Vasilator home. Blinders held together by a length Palenko then came coming around Call Me Handsome, Vinland's angling off the fence from Amadeus in a bit of a bumping duel and strategic fill and over exposure, Titan Blinders being tested by Palenko at the 250 coming around off their back then Call Me Handsome, then a wall of horses Vasilator from the rear, Palenko went for home at the 150, Palenko a length and a half but here's Vasilator who's flying, Palenko Vasilator over the top, over exposure late but it's Vasilator pouncing Vasilator one from Palenko over exposure. Bit to talk about here, but 1,400 metres at Flemington, Steve, seems to be the, the, the track and distance that Vasilator runs to his best. What did you think of his performance yesterday? Yeah, it just seems to be the right setup for him to get into that, into that trail around the corner, you know, that three-deep 
sort of train coming into it, and if they go quick enough, I thought they went nice even speed, uh, not brutal, which um, Polanco set up on the on the speed and was able to give a good kick and still run second. Tight and blind, sort of beautiful through the first half of the race, but obviously didn't run to his best. You know, he, he run below par. Um, but vacillated, yeah, as I say, just got into that that nice trailing position and able to have cover. Just he doesn't seem to have a really quick turn of foot, but just builds and strong and. Shorter, they're a bit sharp, and further he pulls a bit and gets a bit awkward. So um, that that setup's just perfect for him. And you know, as I say, he builds and strong, and just uh, that relentless gallop through the through the line over seven furlongs is 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 key to him. Dino Stewart's report regarding Titan blinders led and weakened from the 200 metre mark, and Troy Corson's advising that on return to the stable, the veterinary surgeon reported the gelding was showing signs of the onset of a virus, and he'll further advise the stewards in the ensuing days. So. Um, for a number of us, uh, best bet of the day, Titan Blinders, not to be yesterday, but probably a legitimate excuse there. Yeah, it's very good of the stables you know, to uh, to self-report so quickly, something like that, that uh, there, there was an issue uh, and uh, you knew that something was wrong. I thought it might have been end of preparation sort of run, but uh, yeah, obviously this horse just never runs badly, Titan Blinders, and, and he's a bit of a fighter. And as soon as Polanco went to him, uh, he hoisted the white flag, so you knew something wasn't right on the day because uh, even if he didn't win, he'd, he'd you know, sh- do a better performance than that. One via the SMS regarding Vacillator, and then we'll get to another one, Dino. Do you recall a horse like Vacillator that has a certain liking for a track and distance? I bet Colin Little wishes there was a suitable race over 1,400 metres at Flemington every week. Can you remember many that had such a, an affinity for a track and distance, Dino? Oh, I think Dandy Kid in twelve hundred metres at, at the Valley. Uh, I think he won fifteen races at the Valley, and I think about twelve of them were over twelve hundred metres. So uh, he he goes uh, fairly close. And uh, Luther's luck anywhere from fourteen to sixteen hundred at uh, Sandown, uh, the old Sandown. Uh, he was uh, he was a terrific horse, winning I think seven races. So yeah, they're probably the ones that are the, the best specialists that I can remember. Mackaybe Dever at two miles went all right, Warren. Regal Roller didn't mind the fourteen hundred metres at uh, at Caulfield. Steve, can can you remember a, a horse that, that that you rode that had a real affinity for a particular track and distance? Uh, not so much off the top of my head, Warren. Um, sort of, but I suppose, um, um, yeah, no, not really. To be honest, I can't can't recall one off the top of my head. Dino, just a, an addendum to one of the Vacillator, a Flemington specialist, this one from Chris, just back to St Eustace in the earlier staying race. Did he just get in the wrong part of the track, given how uh, how well he finished off late in the race? Was he just in, a, in an awkward spot prior to that? No, I don't think... When you when you watch the stewards film and when you watch the, the replay, he had room to gallop. It just seemed as though he was reluctant inside horses. And when Michael D switched him across heels, he actually really got motivated and got going. So... I don't really want to back him from an inside draw in anything, and he, he could be a real baggage chance if he's got that uh, galloping room because uh, that last bit of the race was very good. And if you remember when he did win at Sandown three starts back, I think he drew barrier 16 and he got a beautiful ride, but he was always had room to move. And uh, I think yesterday uh, he just seemed reluctant to gallop inside horses. Nigel Carmody doing a terrific job with his hosting roles at Racing.com's listening and loving the show. Overexposure, the one to follow for Nigel yesterday. Dean, how did you assess his run? Well, they made their runs together, Vacillator and Overexposure, but one was to the inside and one was clear air down the outside. And Damien Lane couldn't do anything about it, but he had to stop and start uh, on at least one occasion and, and ultimately he's been beaten a length. So 
I think you can make a case that they, you know, they've run as well as each other, but one's one and one's one third. So yeah, no, I just oh, certainly all over that. And uh, yeah, he was uh, he was going to get a mention in about uh, fifteen minutes' time for me. What about you, Steve? What did you make of the performance of overexposure, ducking and weaving back to the inside? Yeah, as Dino said, he just lobbed in that spot where he was, um, you know, back on the fence and just needed a little bit of, bit of luck. And Damien obviously had to just stop his momentum a, um, a couple of times and. Um, Vacillator had that clear run down the middle and obviously built all his momentum while um, overexposure was just ducking and weaving and obviously an excellent run but um, you know he'll be um, he'll be um, everyone will be pretty pretty keen to follow him next start I'd say. One of the highlights for me yesterday, Dean, was uh, being able to see Joan Walker and Roland peering over the fence at their beloved Amadeus. I know Joan, who's who's an icon in Victorian racing, has been very keen to get back to the races, and she's a great friend of yours, and she would have loved just at least being able to have a peek over the mounting yard fence at Amadeus yesterday. Yeah, I think once she got on course, I don't know if the uh, COVID rules were going to stop Joan from looking at Amadeus in the mounting yard, Warren. So, uh, no, that's... uh, that was good to see. Uh, he just didn't uh, quite run probably to expectations, but uh, just good to see both the horse and, uh, and the owners back on course. Down the straight, over 1,000 metres for the last at Flemington yesterday. Sword of Mercy was on the fresh side. Damien Lane in the saddle. That was enough. 300 metres to go, it's Fine Dane exploding to the lead with Overkill followed by Hum, Sword of Mercy down the outside is running on hard, Sword of Mercy, Let's Rip takes Fine Dane China Affair, late Overkill's gone Sword of Mercy at the 50 in front of China Affair and Fine Dane but it's Sword of Mercy, that man again Lane, they can't stop him, Sword of Mercy won it from a photo, China Affair Fine Dane... Getting a bit of a margin here, just under two lengths, a length and three quarters for Sword of Mercy, Dean how did you assess her win? Yeah, she ran up to a good trial recently, Warren, and she's been probably a horse that had to be very patient with the Allen and Zara team, but every preparation she's just got that little bit better. Like, she took a while to even win a race, and now she's a, a Saturday City winner, and uh, it was a, a good win. Uh, China Affair, I think, had he drawn out with her, could have really tested. He trialled well. Um, that was my negative on him yesterday drawing in, and uh, Fine Dane, I thought he had a great winning chance because of uh, the grade he was in, and ultimately he ran to his best. He, he led them up uh, in his group. Uh, Condos Express out wide, a Causeway Girl Fair. I think this race exposed a couple of things. There, are, um, a horse like Overkill obviously started favourite, and even though it was big odds, of Moody Bay was you know, specked in some quarters. I think you know, they're just not thousand metre horses, and and the thousand metre horses ended up dominating this race. And uh, I think Overkill back to twelve hundred could improve, but uh, yeah, the thousand metre horses were well to the fore here. Last, Steve. Yeah, it was an excellent effort. Obviously, sort of mercy down that middle part with no real, no real um, cover or or suck into the race. Just did it all all by itself, which is um, which is an excellent effort. And not all horses can do that. You know, we often talk about straight straight races being out there by yourself. And she was sort of just out, out three parts of the way out on the track and still able to kick and really run, run strong and, and, and really run through the line, which was a great effort. I just thought Overkill, as, as Dean said, probably six furlongs better, but also just the straight didn't seem to suit. You know, opposed to the winner, she um, seemed to um, be a bit lost, you know, come off the bridle and just wandered around a little bit, a little bit lost. So um, straight might have been quite suitable. Dino, you were giving China Fair a good chance of earning a decent check, and he did running second. What what do you think he could progress onto following that run at a thousand yesterday? Uh, I think probably uh, you know these sort of races, and you know he's got uh, 
plenty of room to move in the benchmark and, and we do have the lower benchmark races over summer so there's a good chance for him to pick up uh, some nice money in the next few weeks because uh, as I said he trolled up well and, and set up well to have a good preparation and uh, yeah he, he gets the, the brakes going his way where he's on the right side of the, you know, probably the, the, the field uh, he can win one of these pretty soon and probably a little bit higher. Damien Lane, the star of the show at Flemington yesterday with three winners. Sword of Mercy taking out the last for Matty Allerton and Simon Zara. There was stakes racing in Queensland and in Western Australia yesterday. We'll touch on that after this short break. Correct Weight, brought to you by Tabs Treble. First leg quaddy fail? It's treble time. T's and C's apply. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help 1-800-858-858. Thanks off the leaders. Heads up to for home. And it's still a patchy chase here from away game. Up into the second. Fleet Dove down the outside. Isotope uh, has won from the outside. She's running home but still five lengths off them. Away game shot clear here from Apache Chase. Fleet Dove. Isotope down the outside. Here she comes. Away game in front, Isotope, away game in front, Isotope trying to get there, she lunges, it's a photo either Isotope or away game in the gold edition, not sure third I think a plan B there from Ryan Maloney and Tony Golan outlining as much, he was surprised she was so far back Steve, in the run, but uh, gee, she's a she's a nice filly, what did you make of that win yesterday? Yeah, excellent effort, he's got a pretty cool head, Ryan Maloney and, and uh, obviously he, got, he was back in the field and and cluttered up, but uh, was able to angle to the outside. And away game had a pretty good start on him, lobbed in the box seat and had every chance that appealed to that um, three or four off the fence and, and looked a winner, but um, thought Isotope was, was, was great to be able to sustain that gallop. You know, a lot of horses will, will sprint for a furlong and then, you know, they'll start to peak a bit, but of course sustained a really good gallop, which is a sign of a pretty, pretty good quality horse. Must be a, a frustrating feeling sometimes when you end up in a spot where you, you perhaps don't want to be, and you, you think the race might be getting away from you. But you referenced Ryan Maloney's cool head. Uh, how do you think your way through a race when you're, you're in a position you don't want to be, but you know you've got the the horse that's capable of winning the race? You just want to get into the right spot. Yeah, that's right. You sort of, um, I think, you have got to keep that cool head and just sort of um, work the race out as it's as it's going. Um, it's no good panicking and trying to make a you know, silly move or anything. So, um, yeah, he just he thought his way through the race well, I thought. And um, the speed looked okay, which was um, which allowed him to be able to finish strong. And he obviously trusted his horse and, um, as I say, sustained a really good gallop all the way down the straight. She's a, a beauty and, and a bit of a benchmark away game, Dean. We've certainly seen a fair bit of her in her brief career to date. What did you make of that performance yesterday? Oh, she's a fantastic racehorse, Warren. Uh, she's got great te- uh, gate technique, uh, so she puts herself in a great spot straight away. She switches off, and then um, you know, then the last part, you know, part of the race, you know, she probably peaked on her run, but uh, the Gold Coast her mission, and, and she ran very well. But uh, Isotope was just, you, know, you just t- coming to the turn, thought, well, she's just got too much to do. There's too much separation between her and uh, and. Uh, um, the, the the lead group basically um, and yet she was able to pick them up so it was a all, all honest to her the way she hit the line. And for the Gold Coast Guineas at, at fourteen hundred metres, how would you see her at that trip, Dean? Uh, I think uh, very well suited. I think uh, you, know, you would think that they're you know, the major players uh, going into a race like that, uh, but uh, you know, very taken with. Uh, isotope and that versatility yesterday but uh, it'll be a terrific race uh, because you know you, she had the the added uh you know fitness of, of being second up whereas uh, away game had had a long time off so uh, no, it should be a terrific race again 
Other stakes race at Doombin yesterday, the Loch Ney. Outback Barbie was shooting to make it four for Tony Gollum. Socks are gone, sport the party. Over on the outside, it's Emerald Kingdom and Epic Girl third now is Red Chase getting into the clear. It's Outback Barbie, Phantom Falcon down the outside, the deeper Sarah Socks are gone. It's Emerald King Kingdom taking over here from Epic Girl. Socks are gone down the outside, finishing strongly. Between them is Outback Barbie. It's Emerald Kingdom, Socks are gone. Socks are gone the outside, dashed up, grabbed the lead and Socks are gone, defeats Emerald Kingdom. Third Outback Barbie. Well, he's building a nice record with seven wins from 21 to, to date, Dean. We're probably not looking at horses here that are going to be major factors in, in a Stradbroke or anything down the track. What did you make of this race? Yeah, he's building a good record, Warren, and uh, yeah, he, he likes uh, likes Doom and he likes the trip. And as you said, he's got a good uh, winning record, uh, I think, Glenn Boss is having a really good uh, little tour of uh, of his uh, old uh, you know, home tracks. Uh, he had another good day yesterday and uh, gave this horse a good ride and just kept building his momentum and uh, and was strong late to beat Emerald Kingdom and, and Outback Barbie. It was, it was a good win. He was strong through the line. Used to like travelling to Queensland for the carnivals with the, the right rides up there. Steve, what did you make of this win of, of, of Soxagon? Yeah, Doom can be a, a, a tricky sort of track, but um, obviously Soxagon got that got that momentum up looks like a great big action and um, really covers the ground well so um, a bit of room helped Glenn Boss sort of peeling to the outside outback Barley Barbie with um, another great jockey Michael Rod had every chance I thought but just um, socks are gone with it as I say with that big action and building down the middle was too strong. Dean before we just touch on the win of truly great over Trap for Fools in Western Australia yesterday just your, your take on the performance of Paul Ely heading from the, the valley yesterday to, to win at Randwick at his second start Yeah different style of win yesterday Warren uh, made the play and uh, and fought them off well uh, whereas at uh, Mooney Valley just kept improving into the race so uh, now different style but uh, two wins on the board now getting uh, getting a good uh, bit of prize money under the belt to, to qualify for these good races. So I think, uh, you know, uh, I don't know where he fits in, but uh, I liked his win at Mooney Valley, and yesterday in a different style, uh, he was able to get the job done. So it was, uh, you know, it was a good performance. Thanks to Phil from Dubbo, who's pulled me up, saying that Damien Lane only rode a double yesterday. I was just uh, so used to Damien riding so many winners, Dean. I was giving him one extra for yesterday, but uh, double for Damien Lane. Thanks, Phil from Dubbo, and nice to know you're listening as always. If we're trying to line up those two-year-olds, Dean, and, and we saw um, Acrobat last week, and obviously we'll see Enthar in, in the weeks ahead, where, where do you rank Pulele? Uh, I would say just below, you know, in the in the group below them, but with you know probably room to keep improving. Um, I think uh, certainly uh, the Ma Eustace team uh, probably have got the the balance of power at the moment, but uh, it you know it's a changing feast every week. Um, Profiteer, I thought you know put himself right in that picture with the win at Flemington last week as well. So uh, yeah, we're getting probably a group of seven or eight that you know we can sort of follow of what, what's raced, but we know that uh, come Blue Diamond preview time and then as the, the slipper build-up comes, uh, the, the new players appear. So uh, there's you know, still plenty to look forward to. And it is a really exciting time with the babies uh, watching them and trying to line them up. Steve, question without notice, but uh, disregarding weight, if there was a two-year-old you've seen this year that y you could secure as a ride in either a diamond or a slipper, is there one or two that stand out to you? 
Um, not at this stage. I think sort of uh, the pre-Christmas, I'm, I'd sort of rather just, just wait. And I think that, you know, the ones burst onto the scene early in the new year. So I'd, um, I'd say I'd reserve at this stage. And um, obviously there's been some nice two-year-olds through, but I, I don't think I've seen a, you know, real star yet. So um, I'd wait and um, uh, hold off, I think. Prize truly great went round. A dollar forty-five favourite dropping back to Group Two level after a Group One victory in the Kingston Town at this previous start, chasing Trap for Fools in the straight at Ascot yesterday. Burns off the bridle around him now goes truly great, but Rewilla's off and gone with Trap for Fools. At the top of the home straight, they've got 300 to go. Truly great is starting to loom ominously on the outside. Trap for Fools now under the persuader here at the 200. Truly great levels up now to Trapper. He put pay to him, said ta-da, and races away. Truly great. He's going to go on and score an effortless victory. And there's another one for Pike in the Ted Van Heaps. Beat Trap for Fools. Platoon ran third back. Basically went to script there, Dean, favourite beating. Second favourite, truly great, now listed as doubtful as a runner in the Perth Cup. What did you make of that win yesterday? I thought it was a good win. I thought it was a really interesting race to watch because Brad Rewilla using uh, Trap for Fool's assets and you know changed the tempo up a bit and then got going and, and tried to you know pinch that break on truly great. I thought truly great, once he levelled up... It was hard to tell, you know, if he was just sort of uh, idling or or that was uh, that was about it. Maybe you know he's a more brilliant eighteen hundred two thousand meter horse, uh, but uh, he's building a great record regardless. And uh, he you know he's got a very similar record to a horse like Regal Power that we saw come over for the autumn. So whether uh, that's what he does, I think uh, the Bob Peters representatives uh, didn't get, uh, for the Perth Cup didn't go round in that race. I think probably Adornment and Midnight Blue who went round in the next race, uh, might be the two that get the big weight drop and uh, run in a Perth Cup. And uh, I was keen on Midnight Blue yesterday, and I'm not dropping off come uh, Perth Cup day. I think uh, that horse is ticking over beautifully. And Steve, great to see Brad Rewilla making his mark there in, in WA and partnering Trap for Fools there. No match for, for the winner, but still uh, running a brave race, getting deep into his career now. Yeah, it's great to see Brad doing well over there. Obviously, he got the, got the Group 1 a couple of weeks ago, and I thought he rode track trap for fools beautifully you know he's obviously he's a bit of a one pace sort of a, a quick one pacer but he, he rested through the first half of the race and then he sort of ramped it up from the eight hundred thousand metre mark and uh, gave him every possible chance i thought truly great just had that perfect run just in behind which you expect from Will, willie pike over there and um as dino said quickened really nicely and looked like i thought it looked like he's going to run right away and, and, and sort of look super impressive but then just then i've peaked or, or switched off a little so as you say, might be, um, you know, just slightly back in trip, might be more dominant. Terrific racing around Australia yesterday, approaching 10 o'clock, time for Matt Nevitt to take over with Sunday Central shortly. But for now, let's get the boys' take on racing yesterday. Let's wrap up the correct weight racing review with the run of the day and the horses to follow. Dino, we'll start with you in terms of your run of the day and a horse to follow. Yeah, I'll go into state this week. I, I thought in, uh, Isotope's run was outstanding, but the, yeah, the whole race, uh, that was the best race of the day. I enjoyed the most, uh, and Isotope was the run of the day. And uh, uh, Nigel Carmody stole my thunder. I think uh, Overexposure is going to win very soon. I thought it was a terrific uh, effort uh, in defeat last time out, and uh, you know he gets 1,600 metres, so I think there's a win around the corner it's for uh, Overexposure. Yeah, just watch your back with Nigel lurking in the background there, Dino. Just hang around. We'll get a winner or two for today, hopefully shortly. Steve, your uh, take on racing yesterday. Yeah, well, I'm going a bit the same way as um, Dino. Probably the same horse even to follow and, and, and best win. I thought Isotope was, 
was a great win. It just sort of stood out that, um, you know, sometimes horses win when they shouldn't win, and that's a sign of a really good horse. And I didn't think yesterday was entitled to win and just and just pe- picked up and kept running through the line. And uh, as I say, wasn't entitled to win and did, so that's a, a sign of a really good horse. Steve, thank you so much for your help through, throughout the carnival and at times on, on Correct Weight and, and various parts of RSN 927 during the year. Hope uh, yourself and Kate and the family have a terrific Christmas and, and look forward to having you involved on, on RSN as we, as we get back into the, the, the new year. Thanks again for, for joining us this morning. No, it's been a pleasure, Warren. Thanks very much and uh, Merry Christmas to everyone out there. Great to have Steve as part of the panel, Dino, and we need a little bit of Christmas uh, Christmas cheer after uh, an embarrassing effort on all fronts yesterday. How are you seeing racing today? Uh, racing today at sale, I think it's a, uh, it's a really good meeting. Um, I think late in the day is where I want to play, Warren. I think uh, Over the Sky is a really progressive horse, kicks off his campaign race seven, number four. I liked a recent jump out for him and... Uh, I would imagine that's the horse that's taking Mark Zara to the meeting. So race seven, number four, he's fairly short. But the last's a really interesting race, and I think the market uh, will tighten up on Gold Spark, who's around the $5 mark at the moment, as opposed to Goolagong Rose at $1.90. I think they'll get a lot closer together come race time. So uh, taking the $5 Gold Spark, I think he'll run really well. Race eight, number six. Nah, that was a bit tongue-in-cheek, that comment about yesterday, because as we know, it's it's a journey and it's a, and it's a path, but your performance uh, for a number of years, and particularly uh, in recent times, has been outstanding. And uh, on behalf of uh, RSN 927, we're great to have you as, as part of the panel, and I'm sure most of the audience uh, are thanking Dino for his help right throughout the year and wishing you a Merry Christmas. Yeah, well, I think uh, we, we went a bit like the Indian batsman yesterday, Warren. There were a lot of ducks uh, on the on the panel, but it uh, doesn't happen too often, thankfully. And uh, I really uh, uh, thank everyone for their support over the year. It's been a tough year for everyone. And uh, Merry Christmas to all the correct weight listeners. And uh, hopefully we uh, finish with a, uh, a couple of winners at sale today, but uh, more importantly, be safe and, and happy and healthy. Most importantly, Dino, thanks again. And uh, Merry Christmas. Look forward to your contributions right throughout the week on RSN 927. Tremendous. Thanks, Warren. And for me, nothing uh, to reinvent here. I thought locally Dynamic Dancer was the uh, was the, the run of the day, but Isotope in Australia, the run of the day, and overexposure, as a number of guys have identified, the horse to follow. Merry Christmas to, to all of the listeners and the contributors via SMS on, on Correct Weight over the year. We love your opinion, whether it be complimentary or, or otherwise. It's all about having a, a different opinion. We hope uh, that you've enjoyed the show this morning, enjoyed the year. Look forward to doing it again following the Boxing Day meeting. But between now and then, have a great Christmas and stay tuned for Maddie Nevitt with Sunday Central.